From letterpress to blind press, escort cards versus place cards, the wedding stationery world can be a confusing place if you're not familiar with the terminology or what you even need. On today's episode, I talk to a stationery expert and together we give you a crash course on all things wedding paper. No matter where you are in your wedding planning journey, or even if you're a vendor listening along, you know who you are, we love you still, you're going to want to listen to today's episode because I promise you, you will learn something something new that will help you prepare for your wedding or at least tell you the difference between an escort card and a place card. So let's get to it. You're listening to Ask the Planner. I'm your host, Desiree Adams, owner of Verb Event Co., a company whose mission is to help couples enjoy planning the contemporary, sophisticated wedding they've always imagined. Together with other wedding industry experts, we reveal the crucial details and industry secrets that will help you plan and enjoy your flawless heirloom occasion. So pop your favorite champagne because we have a wedding to plan. Welcome to today's episode of Ask the Planner. I'm your host, Desiree Adams, and today we're talking about your wedding paper or what most of us in the wedding industry call your stationery. If you follow my wedding planning company, Verve Event Co. on Instagram, you know we love a cohesive wedding stationery suite. It really sets the stage for the coming celebration and allows the couples to show their personalities. And today we're taking you on a crash course on everything you need to know about wedding stationery with today's guest. So who is today's guest? Today, I'm joined by Allison Jackson of Kindly Delivered. Allison is a wedding stationery designer who specializes in romantic letterpress, watercolor envelope liners, and custom wax seals. Allison founded Kindly Delivered in 2017 after creating her own wedding invitations and falling in love with the process. She was an interior designer at the time, and the transition to wedding invitations was a natural one. Kindly Delivered is dedicated to providing a completely personalized experience with custom crafted artful designs that show the couple's love story. Guys, please help me welcome Allison to the show. I'm so excited to talk to you today, Allison. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yay, awesome. So I love starting each episode, getting to know our guests a little bit before we dive into the interview. I read your bio at the top, but can you just let our listeners know a little more about you in your own words, how you got started and what brought you to where you are today? Yeah, so I've always had an affinity for stationery. Back to when I was just real small and would make notepads and rubber stamps out of different crafty things. And that led to kind of more into the interior design background that I went to school for. But I see a lot of similarities between the interior design world and the stationery world with texture and art and color. And it's just been a really nice transition. I, like I said, did my wedding invitations in 2017 and just fell in love with the process and love working with wonderful couples and getting to do this every day. I love that. I feel like if I could do anything in the wedding industry that wasn't planning, stationery would definitely be my one of my <laughs> number ones because it's just, I just love paper. I just love like every detail and like every, there's like so many options. Like I love like stationery stores. So I just, I'm very excited for our conversation today. So anyways. That doesn't surprise me about you. <laughs> <laughs> So we're talking about the ins and outs of wedding stationery. So guys, if you're listening and if you're not around stationery a lot or haven't paid much attention to it, it can be a very 
overwhelming process just getting started because there's a lot of terminology that most people don't know. So I wanted to bring Allison on today's show to ease our listeners' anxiety about wedding stationery so that you can feel more confident when you begin the process and know the right questions to ask and feel at least a little bit more prepared before you listen to today's episode. I love this so much because there are so many clients that come to me and just don't know about stationery, but they care about it. They want the details. They want all of the special pieces. They just don't know what they don't know. Exactly. So let's start with the basics. One of the most important things that couples need to know when they are getting started is about budgeting and their guest list. But there's actually more to it than just like throwing a number, you know, on the spreadsheet. So how do you suggest couples figure out how many invitations they actually need to kind of help them think about the budget? So I have a whole calculation for this, but to make it simple, it's 60% of your guest list is the number I have settled on that works for most of my clients. It accounts for households that have families, but also singles that don't get a plus one. It allows for extra invitations for your keepsakes, your photographer sets, you know, that one that gets lost in the mail, you know, it happens. (laughs) I think that's really great. And actually, that's the number I use as well. So guys, if say you have 200 guests, no, we're going to say like, I can't do math. I'm terrible at math. So if you do, (laughs) if you have 200 guests, you multiply it times 0.6, that basically is 120 overall. So that's basically how you do that calculation. Okay, now that we know how many pieces people will potentially need, let's talk about printing methods and how they should go about choosing or finding the right wedding stationary designer for them. Yeah, so there's a lot of different factors that go into when you want to choose a stationary designer from budget to styles to even like a time frame turnaround time that that designer has as a standard. And then what types of printing methods do designer offer? For example, you can have one designer who specializes in letterpress and another who only does digital printing. You'll want to know if your designer provides the custom monogram you've been dreaming about or the venue illustration that you really want. Just make sure that that's something they provide. And then for timelines, many designers require a 12-month window for working together. I, on the other hand, will take clients who only have six months until their wedding because I personally planned my wedding in six months. So I know that it's not always feasible to have 12 months. I would just say at that point, skip your save the dates. And then make sure when you do reach out to a designer that you give them as much detail as possible. I really want to emphasize this because if you can tell them the quantity you need, even if it's like I have this many households and they have to figure out how many you need and exactly what printing methods you'd like to use or, you know, and then especially the budget, we're not trying to trick you with the budget. We just want to know what we can give you for your budget to get you everything that you want for what you can spend. Budget is obviously a concern for a lot of couples. And like I talk about budget all the time. What would you say, like, and obviously like things can grow depending on how much people add on or like the different special upgrades that they want. But as far as like a starting range of what your couples will typically spend how much do they spend for invitations for like a hundred people just to give them a starting idea? So I offer custom, which is going to be in your 1500 to $1,900 range starting, but I also offer semi custom, which is like a not pre-made, but pre-made. And then we customize it completely to you. And then those start in the $1,200 range. Awesome. And I think that's good to point out guys, because 
a lot of people think that, oh, I'll just go and like no shame to minted. I think they serve a place and we'll talk about that later. But I feel like a lot of people think that the custom stationary route or even the semi-custom stationary route is like beyond what they could afford. But honestly, I think like when you compare prices, like it's definitely, if you plan for it, I think it's definitely something that you could be able to fit into your budget. But obviously everyone's budgets and restraints are different. Okay, so now I wanted to do a quick terminology segment with you, Allison, because like I mentioned earlier, there are just so many different things when it comes to terminology in the stationary industry. So let's just go through kind of like the main things that people should know about. Okay, so first one, what is digital or flat printing? Digital printing is a method of printing that's similar to what you would see at home, like with your printer, but it's like to the hundred times you know, super professional and high quality printing, high quality paper, high quality ink, all of that laser jet or inkjet typically for something like that. Got it. So it's like flat. So it's like what you would have. Yes. It would be nicer than like if you went to UPS, but think of it as that as like they're printing an image onto cardstock. Yep. So embossed printing. What is embossed printing? So embossed printing is when you make an impression into a piece of paper or like I do them a lot with envelope flaps where we'll get an embossing stamp and you actually like push the button and it embosses into the envelope and we can do that with monograms or different things like that. That's a typical way I use embossing at least. So with embossing, is it colored? Does it have ink on it or is it more like a texture that goes onto the paper or is it both? Definitely more of a texture. Okay. Got it. So it's like clear, guys. So it's like a stamp, but you actually don't see the stamp on it. Well, you see the impression of the stamp, but you don't see like ink on the stamp. Yes. Next, letterpress printing. What is letterpress? This is my favorite. So this one is also an impression type of printing. Basically, a plate is ordered with your invitation on the plate, and then it gets pressed with an old time, like, we're cranking this thing, (laughs) press. (laughs) And it will leave an impression with ink or without ink, which is also more like the embossed type printing. So, or blind impression. And then, so like, what would you say is the difference between embossed and letterpress? Is it just the method that they're putting the impression onto it? Yes. Okay. Got it. So with like letterpress, it's like a custom die that they cut out that they make that is like a plate, right? That they press onto the paper, which is actually what I had for my stationery long time ago. (laughs) Okay, so we do have to talk about escort cards and place cards because this is definitely a sticking point for me. So I'll let you talk about since you're the expert, but what is the difference? Because there is a difference between escort cards and place cards. Yes, they are not the same. (laughs) Place cards are quite literally placed on the person's seat prior to them arriving at the reception. So it can have anything from the name to the meal selection. It usually doesn't include the table number because it's already on the table. Place cards, I should note too, are used in conjunction with a seating chart. You'll have the seating chart where your guest walks over and finds their name and what table they're at. And then they walk to their table and they'll know where to sit. Escort cards are used in place of a seating chart. And they are usually, well, they can be on a table as a tented card, as something a little more simple where you pick up your name and it has your table number on it and you walk it to your table or it can be as elaborate as a small or a display 
with the guest's name and table number and on a small favor or a champagne glass. They've gotten really cool in the past few years. <laughs> yeah, I, we love a good escort card display. And I always say the escort card escorts you to your seat and the place card shows you where to sit. So that's what I say. Okay, so let's talk about accents and details that help couples in their stationary journey. Because again, there's also more terms in this the stationary <laughs> world. So vellum. What is vellum? So vellum is a translucent paper that's not as thick as a cardstock, so it's bendable. So we use them as wraps a lot of times, and it will hold all of your pieces together in in the envelope. And typically it's tied with a ribbon or a wax seal it's closed with. My favorite is when you do a vellum wrap and you put a poured wax seal in the ribbon and it just looks super elegant. So, <laughs> so pretty. So seals, what about seals? Because you kind of mentioned pouring a seal. So can you explain to us how seals are used? Oh, yeah. So there's two different ways to do wax seals. The first one is a pre-made wax seal. And it's typically more of a round, perfect shape. And it's pre-made with an adhesive back that you can just stick on your envelope and you're good to go. Or you can stick on a wrap and have it sealed. And then there's more of an organic shape that you can pour over ribbon or pour onto something, a menu card even. There's lots of places you can use wax seals now too. So, And there's also different kinds of seals because you can get the really nice ones where you actually pour them, but then some people also have like the pre-made seals if you just like the look but don't want to spend as much money. So there's different ways. Yeah. Let's talk about inner envelopes and outer envelopes and like mailer envelopes. I feel like people don't understand what those are and if they need them, I think you do. But let's talk about first like what an outer envelope is and then we'll go on to inner envelopes. So the outer envelope is going to be a little bit bigger than the inner envelope because the inner envelope goes inside of it. (laughs) So the outer envelope is going to have your full addressing. It's going to have the couple's name or, you know, the person who you're addressing the invitation to, and then their address, the stamps, everything like that goes on the outer envelope, as well as your envelope liner, I think typically goes on the outer envelope. And then the inner envelope, a lot of times we'll do like calligraphy for the exact names of everyone who's invited. This is a really great way to make sure your guests know exactly who is invited to. Yeah, I agree. And I think also the nice thing with having an inner envelope, because basically all of the pieces inside, all, you know, your invitation, your reply card, all that stuff goes inside the inner envelope. So when your guests receive their envelope, they see the pretty outside, they see the pretty posters that you picked out, but they can get dirty and messed up from the post office. No offense to my UPS, USPS people. (laughs) I love them. But it can get messed up a little bit. And so when they pull out the nice clean envelope that has like the names, because you'll say like to so-and-so and so-and-so, but the inside will say like to Mark and Susan or whatever, or it's like Mr. and Mrs. Hamilton or whatever. Or if you are inviting the kids, then you can put their names on it as, as well, depending on like their age and stuff like that. But that holds everything together, which is nice and clean. And traditionally, like what they used to do a long time ago was like they would mail the envelope, but then the, you know, the butler or whatever would take it out. And then you would just get the actual everything in the inner envelope because it was nice and neat. That's fun history. <laughs> I like that. 
this is why we do things, guys. There's a reason why, but <laughs> we just don't know it now because we just moved on. So let's go back a little bit to the envelope planner because I think you mentioned it, but we didn't really get into it a lot. It's a really great opportunity for couples, I think some people miss, to really personalize your stationery, give it a fun pop. But can you explain to our listeners what the envelope liner actually is and how people use it? Oh, yeah. So the envelope liner is inserted into the envelope. And it just gives like a personal touch. You can add a custom monogram. You can add your venue illustration. It's somewhere that you can incorporate like something you've got art wise somewhere else and then bring it in to this other spot. It also makes your flat lay photography of your details at your wedding really look cool. Yeah, it really just makes it stand out. And again, it's like another opportunity to personalize and bring your personality into the design. I love them. I think they're so pretty. And I feel like like it's missing something if you don't do the envelope liner. I agree. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you your opinion about stationary stores. I think when most people think of wedding stationery, they either go to one of two places. If you're old school, kind of like me, you would think of like a stationary store like Papyrus or the paper stores and flip through their stationary books. And there are other places that do this too. Like they actually have like lots of books with stationary samples of stuff that people have done. But if you're a little more contemporary or like don't even think about going to the mall, you'll turn to places like online, like Minted or Zola and start with their, your save of the days there. Usually a couple will like, oh, let's use our photos from our engagement session and put them on like save the day. I think there's a place for that. I love your engagement photos, but honestly, I just like don't like the idea of my face staring back at you for the next 10 months. I don't know. I don't, it's a personal thing, but your engagement photos are beautiful though. So I want you to be able to enjoy them and like use them. But what are your thoughts on in-person stores like Papyrus or Paper Source or Minted, et cetera? I agree. They both have their place budget and design wise. Some couples like to be very hands-on and they want to see all the options before they make a selection and they want to do this in person. That's where like a papyrus or paper source comes in handy. But as a side note, if you do work with a wedding planner, a lot of them keep samples from us stationers on hand to show their clients. Wink, wink. (laughs) Minted is a very nice option for those who want to be a little more hands-off and not make as many design decisions. I was just talking to someone the other day who just couldn't find the one she liked that would let her customize the colors she wanted to customize. So yeah, I think like minted has a place. A lot of times couples think that minted is going to be less expensive than working with a custom designer or even Mm -hmm. like going the semi-custom route, but it's typically not the case because minted will you know, every single thing is an add-on. And so like when you add on like a dressing or you, well, they'll do your addressing, but I actually don't even like the way they do with their addressing because it's like, if you have like long names, it just goes to the next knit line and it just looks messy to me, I think. But they'll add on like every single thing <laughs> for it. So I feel like once you come out at the other end after including like your reply card and your reply envelope and like this and this and this, like it's basically the same amount if you had gone with a custom designer route, but it doesn't match all the design that you've put together for your wedding design. And a lot of times I think couples spend a lot of time thinking through like the right color palette, like thinking through the vibe and like knowing like I want it to feel like this. And then they go to minted and they're just like, it just doesn't quite get to where I want to be. Exactly. If you want 
if you're like, I just really want like a really clean invitation that just has like sans serif font or like pretty loopy letters and like, that's great. That's all I want. That's fine. Like, I think that there's a place for that because if you really just don't want like any of the frills and you're just like, I just want something basic and you don't care about it matching everything, then I think like go that route. But I think if you spend a lot of time, like a lot of our couples do on making sure everything looks cohesive, then the stationery has to be at least semi-custom or custom-made because if you really want it to feel like the colors match the vibe, that match the silverware, that match the flatware, you know, like all of that kind of stuff. So yeah. anyways, not throwing shade to minted, but you know, I think there's a place, but if you can go the more custom route, I think it's always much more fun. So now that we've talked about the different types of printing methods and budgeting, et cetera, let's talk about the timeline for ordering stationery. From save the days to the wedding day stationery to invitations, what is a timeline that you think is a good starting point, knowing that people's situations are different for couples if they're wanting to work with a stationer? The ideal window is six to 12 months. It can be longer than 12 months. So we are we welcome anyone who wants to start working on their stationery right away because like you said, they want to make it cohesive from beginning to end. Six months is on the tighter end. And I will at that point recommend not sending save the dates, just send your invitations. There's no need to do both. 12 months though allows for time to design, then send save the dates. I recommend sending save the dates six to nine months prior to the wedding. There's some factors in there, like if it's a destination wedding or if it's a um, holiday weekend, you'll want to allow for a little more time for those, for people planning. And then from there, we'd start designing your invitation suite. I've even seen where designers will do the invitation suite prior to the save the dates when the time allows, because it really helps everything be cohesive because you may not love the font that you chose for your save the date on your invitation after the fact. But if you start with your invitation and work backwards, it really does make the process really smooth. And then day of wedding stationery is typically designed after the stationery suite and finalized as soon as the guest list is confirmed with catering, which is usually three to four weeks. Correct me if I'm wrong, Desiree. (laughs) Usually, like I think you're right, we'll usually do the invitations We'll start designing them around six months out so that they're nice and ready ahead of schedule them to land. So what we typically like to send our invitations out in the 10 to 12 week range just so that we can get them back in time. I think like a lot of couples, I don't know, like places like the not or whatever will be like, send your you know invitations out like three months out or something. No, I think they're more like six to eight weeks out. I do it a little bit on the further outside because I want people to have enough time to get the invitation, look it over and send back. But then also my couples, because we usually spend more time on our escort card display and they take more logistics, we want those applies back six weeks out so that then my couple has time to do seating, which is assigning guests to each table. So that takes like two weeks. And then from there, we'll get the list and we'll import the list into like your escort card display so that they can either you do calligraphy and write it on the cards or like something more elaborate. And that gives us time to actually produce those things. Also, you need time to follow up with people because shocking, not everyone sends back (laughs) the reply cards. And I'm like, oh my gosh, people, like just just send it back. We give you the envelope. We give you the stamp. Just put it in. (laughs) Once we send out the invitations, then our focus just turns towards the day of stationery. So we start designing those as soon as we can. And then just knowing that we're going to have to fill in, like if they haven't had their tasting yet, like we're going to have three things here. We're going to have 
you know, a, a meat, a fish and a chicken or whatever, but still like thinking through like the wording of all that stuff so that it's ready to go and then giving that to the designer so that she can start working on it and laying in all that. Cause I know you guys have other projects to work on. So I don't want to give things to you last minute. Like if we can do things ahead of time, yeah. I would love to do that too. But yeah, that's my bit. <laughs> I love it. One quick note too about timing for sending your invitations. As much as you may want to send them 16 weeks ahead of time, don't do it because people will lose them. Like you said, it's hard to get people to reply sometimes. There is such thing as too early to send your invitations. So Yeah, I agree. And especially if you've already sent out a save the date, you know, hopefully they have all that information anyway. So if they need it, they have it. Also, again, like going with the save the dates, I don't recommend sending them more than like 10 months out. 12 months out, even, like, even if you're doing a destination wedding, tell your, you know, your main VIPs, like this is our date, hold it, but don't send out the save the date because they will probably lose it. Also, they're going to be like, that is so far away. I don't even know like when my vacation time is or I have to take time off for that. Or like, we're still figuring out like our holiday vacations. So then we're going to figure out like our travel to this. So like giving it to them at, at the right time is also a good idea too. Speaking of planning ahead, today's episode is brought to you by our wedding planning template shop. Right now, it's the beginning of the year and you want to get your wedding planning organized. I highly recommend our ultimate wedding planning checklist and our budget bundle. The checklist is a game changer that tells you what to do when as you plan your wedding. And our wedding budget bundle contains both a budget and a vendor payment tracking chart. So you don't have to worry about missing any of your, your vendor payments or overspending because it has all of your categories spelled out just for you so you can create a spending plan. Get access to all my wedding planning shortcuts and more in the wedding planning template shop at shop.verveventco.com. Again, that's shop.verveventco.com and use our code podcast10 for 10% off your entire purchase. Again, that's podcast10 at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. Okay, let's do a little quick list to tell our listeners more about like the different stationary pieces. Cause I know we like talked about them, but just so that people know what we're talking about when we say this or that. So save the date, pretty self-explanatory, but what is the save the date for people that don't know? Save the date literally saves the date for the couple for their guests. So they send out a card. It usually does have a picture of the couple on it, let's be honest. <laughs> but it'll have minimal information about the wedding, the date, the city, state, and the couple's names. It's usually all the information with a little wording that says formal invitation to follow. You don't need a whole lot on these cards, and you don't want to give them too much information at this point. So. I actually want to know, I think you made a good point that a lot of the designers that we work with will try to design like the whole suite invitation and then kind of backtrack and do the save the date as part of it so that it all looks cohesive. So I think you make a good point of thinking through that as well. Okay. So moving on, the invitation suite. What is the invitation suite? Yeah. So obviously you're going to have your invitation card and then you're going to have some sort of way for them to RSVP, which is digital or by mail. Details card, which can be accommodations, it can be transportation, wedding website, it can even be a map of the venue, or a map of the city where you're having your wedding where you want to give people some ideas of things that they can do or like a wedding weekend card, like if you have many events for the weekend, 
Awesome. Yeah. And then I think I wanted to note though, too, if you are having a separate ceremony at a place of worship, then usually you will do an invitation for the ceremony and then you do a separate reception card because you're inviting them to the ceremony and then you don't put on there. Like if you're having it at the same place, it'd be like, you know, reception to follow. But if you're doing a separate one, a separate reception, then it'll be like, this is also the other place you're going to go to as well. What are all the different things that people would be thinking about for the day of stationery? So day of stationery would be menus, programs for the ceremony, escort cards and seating charts, place cards like we talked about before, welcome signs that you can actually reuse at the reception if you'd like, bar signs, guest book signs. There's a lot of different signage. I recently read something where it's like, let's not use too much signage at the wedding, though. It can get a little overused, but... Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think if people don't know... So if signs are obviously used to convey information. So like having a menu, because people don't know, or like having a cocktail menu so people know what the options are, I think is good. You don't need a sign for the restroom unless people have to walk a certain farther, you know, like they're like, oh, I don't know where the restrooms are. And you need to point them in the right direction, like restrooms this way. I think <laughs> that makes sense, but you don't need like a sign for the restrooms. I know the long time when I got... Mary, this was like 14 years ago. And now at this point, like we had like bride and groom signs like on our chairs. Now I'm like, I don't know if I would do that again. Because like people know that you're the bride and groom, honestly, or like the couple, they know that you guys are getting, the ones getting married. So I feel like there's, you know, times to have signs, but there's times that you, if you don't need it. Also, if you have like a mini dessert table, I think having a sign that says like what each thing is, either having tent cards or like having the desserts there so that people can see what the options are is also a good idea. But again, it's giving information that people would want, not just like having a sign to have a sign. Yes. But yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you about was I know more couples are moving towards having electronic reply cards and QR codes, which they have a place, but I just wanted to get from you like what your feeling is on those. And do you see that more couples are opting to go this route, incorporating QR codes or not really? So I'm old school like you. I want to mail back my RSVP response cards. But I totally understand that couples love the convenience of a wedding website to collect all their guest details. Their wedding planner can go in there and see all that information too. I get it. And I have actually had a lot of couples do the QR code recently. But I have started doing both for couples who ask for it or if I need to recommend that because there are technology-challenged guests who still want to mail back an RSVP card. So we do do the option of both. Yeah, I feel the same way because we'll have guests that are, you know, traveling from Italy and they're like, we're worried Mm -hmm. that they're not going to be able to reply back. So they'll say like, can we have, you know, a QR code or an online place that they can reply back to? I'm like, yes, you can. But like, you have to understand like they might not be technologically able. And so I think you're right having the option for them to mail it back to you or like just having someone to call them is a good way just to ensure that you get all of the replies back. So obviously, you know, we can talk about so many different techniques and trends in the wedding industry. Do what's right for you, but just thinking through the logistics and like what your guest needs is super important. I did want to ask you, Allison, I feel like technology is just always changing. Are there new techniques or trends or methods or details that you're excited about when it comes to wedding stationery that couples could be considering for their own? I am loving layering lately. And 
it's just, it's so fun because it's like you, you stack your cards on top of each other. They're real pretty. And then you use that vellum wrap and wax seal to close it. And you get a lot of texture and layer. And that's just, that's a trend I'm loving. It really is an experience for the people who open them. And that's another trend I love too, is making your invitations an experience for your guests. I love when a guest can feel the vibe of the wedding before the big day, just from the wedding invitations. Yeah, I agree. I feel like one of the things, and not to bash on Minted, but I think thinking through your design for your invitations so that they do look coordinated and cohesive, but not exactly the same exact piece is really, really nice. I think like the problem with the pre-made designs is like they'll have like these flowers on the top and literally those flowers will be on every single piece throughout the whole entire thing, which just looks like the same exact thing. But I think when you work with a stationer, you will have like whatever flowers on the front and then those flowers will be like in a little corner somewhere else. And then like (laughs) that same color of those flowers, not the flowers, but like the color of the shade will be like used as like a flat piece somewhere else. And like, it's all nicely, again, like you said, layered and coordinated, but it's not like literally like repeating the same exact thing, the same exact design over and over again. So I think you're right about like making it, like a piece of art where it's like a jigsaw puzzle and the different things coordinate, but it's not like literally the same exact thing that's just been copied over and over again. So I agree with you on that. People, you know, used to do, I see it less, but I do still feel like I see people that are creating an experience with their invitations where it's more like a box and they like open it and they see like different things. I mean, I've heard of one that like mailed literally like pieces of china like pieces of porcelain as invitation and it's just like so cool and out of the box obviously very expensive because thinking about shipping (laughs) but like just making it different and using different pieces i think is fun and just you know putting your own personal spin on it which is super super fun yeah definitely well allison it was so amazing having you on the episode is there anything else that you want to share that we haven't covered on today's episode I just want to encourage couples to have fun with this. It may seem like a lot of information, but that's truly one of the benefits of hiring a custom stationery designer. You get their expertise. From the wedding invitation etiquette to what printing method is best for you, they just take the pressure off and allow you to have fun with the process. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's a really good point. I mean, people do what works for you. Obviously we love stationary, but you're like, if you're like, you know, that's not within my budget, like do a semi-custom way or do something else, but just make sure that, you know, it's what you're excited about and you're excited with that level of investment, whatever it is. Okay. Allison, I did want to ask, is there a myth that you would like to debunk about weddings in general or something that you do that you wanted to share with our guests? Yeah. So my myth is that you have to invite this person because of this reason. And I just will say there's no have to's for your wedding. And I'd actually strongly encourage you to choose wisely your guest list and only invite people who love and support you too as a couple. Don't invite like your awkward great uncle, your mom's coworker you met once or a friend you haven't seen in 10 years because you went to her wedding just because you have to. Yeah. You know. I think that's a really good point. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on couples to feel like they have like, it's like a tit for tat situation where I have to do this because of this. I have to do this because of this. Like, I think, you know, being intentional with your choices, whatever it is, and like really having the people that are there that you really, really want to be there is so much more meaningful than having like all of these people that you 
don't really know or like care to see on that day because it's going to take you away from the people that you want to spend time with at your wedding. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So now we're going to go on to our last segment, which is our super fun segment called this or that. (laughs) So you just say whatever comes to your, to mind. Do you like surprises or do you prefer spoilers? Surprises. Did you ever have an AOL Instant Messenger screen name? And if so, what was it? Oh my gosh, this is embarrassing. <laughs> Daisy Chain, <laughs> Daisy Chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. At weddings, kids or no kids? No kids, definitely. Paper, well, obviously, paper invitations or electronic <laughs> invitations? Paper invitations. Yeah. One giant cake for the wedding or a mini cake and mini desserts? I'm loving the mini cake trend. Yeah, I, I've seen that now too. Band or DJ? Band. All matching dresses for the bridesmaids or different? Different and bonus points if you throw a pattern in there. Oh, I know. I love a good pattern. <laughs> Favorite season for weddings? Spring. And what's the worst thing that you've seen or heard of happening at a wedding? <laughs> I haven't been to that many weddings, I guess, um, because the stationary designer doesn't usually get invited. Sad. But I have a funny thing. Seeing my sister-in-law do the wobble at eight months pregnant at a wedding was pretty funny. Oh, man. I bet she was wobbling. (laughs) Yes. Well, Allison, it was so lovely chatting with you. I really appreciate your time. Before I let you go, can you let our listeners know where to find you online? Yeah, it's kindlydelivered.com or kindlydelivered on Instagram. Awesome. And that's kindlydelivered past tense, but we'll make sure to link it to it in our show notes, guys. <laughs> this was so wonderful having you, Allison. Thank you so much for being on our show, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, Allison Jackson of Kindly Delivered. Thank you so much, Desiree. Bye. And that wraps up today's interview with Allison Jackson of Kindly Delivered. I hope you enjoyed hearing from her and learned something from our conversation. Did you already know all the stationary terms before today's episode? If so, you are way ahead of most people, including some vendors. For this week's question of the week, I would love to know in the review section of Apple Podcasts if you are planning to receive RSVPs for your wedding electronically or by mail. My couples still mostly do mail, but we do have the occasional QR code or online RSVP, and I would love to know what you guys are liking and what you're planning to be doing. Also, I would just love to know if you are a wedding guest at a wedding, do you have a preference in how you respond to the wedding invitation? Like, do you like it if you can respond online, or do you like just doing the envelope and mailing it in if they provide that envelope stamp. I'm just curious if anyone has preferences. If you want to know more or have a question for Allison and me, please send me a DM on Instagram at Ask the Planner Podcast, or you can always call our wedding planning hotline at 585-210-3467. Again, that's 585-210-3467. Also, Allison and I are hosting a live office hours on Wednesday, April 19th, so watch out for that in our Instagram stories, and you can set a reminder so you don't forget to join us, or you can always watch the replay afterward. For today's episode show notes, make sure you visit verveventco.com forward slash 95. Again, that's verveventco.com forward slash 95. Okay, now it's time for our review of the week. Today's review is from 
Emmers with three exclamation points. Emmers writes, hooked, exclamation point, found this podcast from Instagram. Yay, it works. Helpful content and engaging conversation. Listened to one episode and started making it a weekly ritual. Yay, thank you so much, Emmers, for that really sweet review. I love talking to you each and every week. And I also have podcasts I listen to every single week. And I just love it. And I feel like I'm friends with them, even though they don't even know I exist. So hopefully you can DM me and we can be friends on Instagram also. Coming up on the podcast, we're talking to my orthodontist about wedding dental work like Invisalign or braces because as most of you know, I did just start getting Invisalign because I just wanted to fix stuff for my teeth. And I feel like this is definitely something that a lot of you all might be considering. So I wanted to explore this topic for you all on the podcast. We're also going to be talking about wedding party wardrobe fashion and wedding seating arrangements and so much more. Also, like I mentioned on a previous episode, for the 100th episode, which is five episodes away, Allie and Riley, who work for me here at Verve and also help out with the podcast, are going to be interviewing me on the show. So let us know what questions you want them to ask me on that episode. They really want it to be juicy, so the nosier the question you have, the better, and they will love it. That wraps up today's episode. Thank you again for letting me into your life and your earbuds and your commute to work every single week. I love being with you each and every week and feel so grateful for you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening to Ask the Planner. To make sure you enjoy planning your heirloom occasion, visit asktheplannerpodcast.com where you'll find show notes and ways to connect with me. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit subscribe and please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so other couples can find the show and plan their flawless wedding just like you. 